Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, y'all. What's up, besties? What's going on? How are you? What uh, I saw you guys were traveling last week. <laughs> yes, I went to a wedding. It was so, so beautiful. We went to Carmel by the Sea. It's uh, mm. kind of coast of California. And we flew into San Jose, took a little road trip down there. It was one of my half sister's weddings. And it was so beautiful. I love going to weddings. I just really, I really... do too. Some people don't. I'm like, what are you talking about? I it's like love dancing. It. It's love. It's open bar. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think too, I love hearing stories about how the, the people, yeah, mm-hmm. about how they found each other. And it was just really, just a really beautiful day. And it was a great trip. You know, I got to see, I haven't been in the Bay area really like that part of the Bay area in years. And we stopped by this uh, fisherman's wharf and we saw like hundreds of sea lions. It was so, so crazy. It was really, really cool. Just stuff you don't get to see on a normal day-to-day basis. Love that. And then literally we were going to leave. Funny enough, we were going to take a standby flight in the afternoon, but I looked online and it looked booked. So I didn't think we'd have a chance. So we had our normal flight. We just spent the day just hanging out and we're literally standing in line to board. We're ready to board. And these guys come up to me, Jeff and the dog. And they said, Hey, we need to go to Vegas for a Luke Bryan concert. We missed our flight because we were drinking at the bar and we didn't hear them call our names, but the concert's starting at eight and we're going to be late, but we got to go. We'll pay you to get out of line and like trade us spots. And first I was like, uh, I normally would not say yes, but the dog makes it a little trickier. And they were just, and they just kept standing there staring at us. Like, are you like, we're not moving until you say yes. Jeff and I just kept looking at each other and we go, well, we don't have anything to do. We're just going home. They're like, we'll get your hotel room. We'll do whatever. We're like, we live there. It's fine. <laughs> so we get in line Southwest and we just do some moving around there. The, they weren't going to let these people do it because they were fourth on the standby list. So anyway, long story short, we ended up swapping tickets. They gave Jeff and I a thousand dollars cash. Oh my God. To, to what swap the flights with them. And we just went to the the uh, lounge and just had drinks and snacks and hung out at the lounge for a couple hours. And then what did suck was our flight got delayed. So it was a couple hours later, but it was totally fine. The dog got so tired by then. She was actually the best on any flight she'd ever been. She crashed and slept through the whole thing. Got home like one in the morning. We didn't have anything to do today. So we slept in. Now we got a thousand bucks, which basically paid for our whole trip to the wedding. So it was that's amazing. <laughs> was... Only you. When I saw that on your Instagram stories, I was like, this bitch find the money. Literally, as it was happening, I go, Jill is going to say only you. And I go, this only happens to us. And there was 170 people on that flight. Why did they come to us? The people with the dog, too. I would not ask the people with the dog or people with kids. Like, why? No. But they were determined. And we're like, you know what? This is something that would happen to us. And yeah, we're going to (laughs) go. We're going to do it. (laughs) You know, it's a couple hours later. No issues. Totally fine. I know. (laughs) That shit never happens to me. Oh my God. And literally I thought when he said he was going to pay us and I told Jeff last night, I go, you know, we would have done it even if they didn't pay us. So it was just icing on the cake that they gave us so much money too. Even if they gave us a hundred bucks, we were like, cool, that's fine. It's no biggie. We're (laughs) hanging out. 
but a thousand dollars. He handed him the cash and Jeff goes, I don't know if he gave us the real amount. So we were walking away. We start counting it and we're like, yep, there's 10 hundred right there. <laughs> Damn. That is so crazy. Oh my God. So you never there you know. Go. And the whole trip <laughs> is paid for. Yeah. I love it. it was, Find the money. It was so, so funny. Good. Well, so, it sounds like it was a fun trip. I am. Um, well, we just did the episode where I got back from Costa Rica and then my dad came in town for a week. So I am uh, definitely needing a little bit of alone time. Yeah. So group, group vacation and then family visiting, mm -hmm. you know, even though it's fun, entertaining is, it's draining sometimes, you know, even when you have people at your house and they're kind of doing their own thing and you can work, there's still this vibe, like, you know, later on, you got to do something together right. or you got to just, I don't know. You're just aware that there's yeah. other people. Yeah. There. And he was super chill and his wife came too, and they were super chill and they were totally DIY. Yeah. It was great, but it was just, is just like, yeah, it wasn't even that it was just the, the last two weeks. So yeah. anyway, I am looking to forward back. to, yeah, having a couple of days to myself and, uh, it. and recording recharge. So what we got today, we have a question from a listener. Yeah. So someone wrote in after listening to one of our food obsession episodes and, you know, we talk a lot about the food obsession and, you know, over-exercising and all of that. She said, and I didn't ask if we could use her name or anything. So I'll just kind of read a little bit of this. She said she's been chronic, chronically under eating and under fueling for years. She started gaining weight 15 pounds since January. So we're in, you know, September recording this despite how much I run and how much I'm eating. So honestly, after running, I hit a wall. I'm fatigued. I have brain fog. I'm not my best self. I've been thinking about taking a break from running and listening to your podcast. Help me with that decision. Good. My first thought is like, yes, yes. take a break. So question for your podcast, how long does it take or can it take to reset your metabolism? And what do you suggest are the biggest pillars to focus on when resetting water, sleep, low intensity exercise, et cetera. So Thank you for writing about this. I think it's something that many people probably have questions about, especially after realizing maybe you listen to these episodes and you're going, yeah, that's me. I have been <laughs> over-exercising. I'm gaining weight. I don't know why, but you're scared to stop because you're scared to stop because you're afraid you're just going to blow up, gain all the weight, yep. all the things. Yep. But then you're also going, how long? How long is this going to take? And I will tell you, <laughs> probably not going to like the answer. <laughs> probably not going to like the answer, but I will tell you, it will take you longer the more you keep doing the things you're doing. So that's the first thing. It can take a very long time if you keep thinking you're going to stop the weight gain by doing all the things you're Well, you doing. can't have the same mentality. I mean, you've talked mm. about this a couple of times on the show when you went through your adrenal fatigue, you were approaching resting. Like you were like, okay, I need to rest. I can't be doing this. You're approaching resting. Like you're approaching, like getting ready for a competition. You're like, okay, I'm resting, uh, yep. resting now, been resting for a couple of weeks now, resting a couple of months. How long, how long? Like you still can't bring that like perfectionist type a energy into something that's the complete opposite of that. Like you're healing. And I think, I don't know, you can maybe speak to how long you had that sense of like urgency of like, okay, when is this gonna be over? So I can get back to, you know, doing my things now. And the truth is you're probably never going to go back to doing mm -hmm. the things mm -hmm. you were doing before your healing. So what was that like for you? <laughs> so I love that you said that because it's so true. I thought, okay, I'm just going to take two days off. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I rested for two days. I'm going to be better now. That's like saying, if you broke your ankle and you're going, okay, well, 
I took a couple of days off. It should be good. And you try to go <laughs> run and you're like, shit. And you, so you go out, you try to run again. And now the break is not healing. Now it's worse. So then you, okay, I'm going to do a week this time. And then you go running out a broken ankle a week later. It's still just going to stay broken until you take the full amount of time. Right. So usually for a break, it's like six to eight weeks for something like ligaments or something like that. That's a little more intense or surgery. It could be like eight to 12 weeks. So I want you to think about it in these terms because your body is going to take more like six to 12 to 18 weeks. For me, I will say it took two years and I don't want to scare you by saying two years, but the reason is was because I kept re quote, re-injuring myself. It was like, I was running on a broken foot after three weeks and then resting again. So it was the start, stop, start, stop. And so what I would suggest is I had this program called the 14 day adrenal reset I just looked online. It used to be at 14dayadrenalreset.com. It's not. If you want it, please DM us and I'll send it to you or go into the best life and I will like download it and put it in the files and you can have it. I used to sell it, but you can have it for free. But I said that it's 14 days. And then if you get into it, I literally said, hey, if you think this is going to take 14 days, you're wrong. But like, I want you to get started on the right foot. And the first I have, I call it the three R's of adrenal healing. The first R is rest which means sleep and restorative exercise. And we'll get into like more of these step-by-step, step, but rest, rebuild, which means proper nutrition, healthy fats, adrenal aids, and then recondition. And recondition is to Jill's point, like your mind, your mindset, reducing anxiety, your meditation. You have to fully recondition how you think about things because if you are going into it with this mindset of I'm going to do all this so I could get back to where I was, you are going to just re-injure yourself, re-hurt yourself and you're just going to keep going in this spiral for a long ass time. So the short answer of this, how long is it going to take? It's going to take longer, the more you, you keep want. <laughs> yeah, longer than you want. And it's going to take a lot longer if you keep going back too soon. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that when you, especially if you are someone who's dedicated to exercise, you're someone who's driven to work out and you have that like real, that you have like that physical drive about you. I think because if you've ever done that, like Danny and I, and it sounds like this gal, you you feel like you, like your effort, like you can create anything you want, right? It's like mm -hmm. that whole, that idea of like, if you just work hard enough, right? You could just, you can just achieve whatever you want. And unfortunately that same mentality is like the opposite of what you need for something like this. So this mentality of like, we have to work harder. We have to just do it more. We could just push through. And I'm definitely guilty of this too. If I get like a nagging, like injury or ache and pain. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep working on out on it. And like, it doesn't get worse or whatever. And oftentimes it doesn't get worse for me. It does work like half the time, but when it comes to the metabolism stuff, what is so just disorienting about it is that you don't have control, unfortunately. So the idea of like, and I love this idea of like, we go, you can change your body. If you work out a certain way, you can lift weights, you can, you know, lose weight. You can look a certain way based on your efforts but when your metabolism is, you know, compromised and you you have a dysfunctional metabolism, you can't just muscle your way through it. You can't just work harder. You can't just push through. In fact, you have to do the exact opposite, which is surrender and mm. release and trust. And there's going to be those moments of uncertainty where like, you don't know what's going to happen. And in those moments, you have to just double down on your own sense of self-trust. I don't know what it's going to look like. The beauty of exercising, being consistent and everything you've done up until this point is everything's predictable. I can just work hard. I can run more miles. I can take, you know, I can burn more calories. 
doing the healing stuff is not predictable and you don't know what it's going to look like. And you do feel out of control. What's ironic about that to me, and I don't know if you feel the same way, is when I started just trusting myself through that process of healing, that's when I actually felt in my mo- the most control ever. Cause I was like, I got this. I don't, I'm good. Whatever happens, I'm good versus trying to like muscle my way through it and keep pushing harder and keep doing more. That was a false sense of control, right? Real control is when you do surrender and you do trust the process. And then ultimately you end up trusting yourself. And to me, that's the highest order of control. Mm-hmm. The trust process is such a big piece. And it's kind of one of the places I start in this program is like, you might not trust your body right now. You might not trust yourself. So just trust this little program and like, just give (laughs) me your hand and just give me your trust for a minute, because sometimes it can be so scary when you do feel like you have been in control. And the first part, when I said was rest is if you need to focus on a thing that you're like, quote, doing, I make that be sleep. So if I can't, go to the gym two hours a day. Your goal is to sleep as much as you can. So you're going to set a bedtime. And if you have to like put little check marks, go, okay, I'm going to make a goal to sleep nine, 10, 11 hours. And that is my goal for the next couple of weeks. I think if you could flip, not your diet, not your exercise, those are the things we're going to focus on. If you could flip to just going, I'm going to focus on my sleep, that alone would get you so far. And it's not going to be the sexy thing. It's not the fun thing. You don't really get to see any results from sleeping more, but (laughs) that is one of the things that's going to really help heal you quicker than anything is rest and sleep. So rest is tricky because sometimes when you feel like, at least for me, I felt like rest meant doing nothing, being lazy. So rest felt very vague. And I'm like, okay, what does rest look like? But sleep was something I could do, right? I'm like, all right, sleep. I can set a bedtime and just make sure I'm getting enough sleep because so often we don't get enough sleep. We're up early, we're active. Maybe even if you're a trainer, you have five o'clock clients, you have late clients. So getting sleep is actually, it, it actually takes some effort and some maybe even programming and scheduling. So that's one of the things that I think is a big one to focus on if you need like that goal. Rest is such a vague vague goal, (laughs) a vague thing to do, but sleep is something you can like look at and quote control. Yeah, no, it's, it is, it's, it's definitely hard, but you know what? The good news is that you're here and you're asking, like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we just put our head, like our head in the sand and we're like, Nope, not going to acknowledge that. Not going to acknowledge that at some point, like Danny said, like, you're going to have to acknowledge it. And the sooner you start mitigating some of those uh, behaviors and you start doing the opposite and you start really like, you know, so maybe you start slowly cutting back, right. To start. I mean, you know, I know for you, Danny, you were just like, I just have to, I just have to stop culture. Cause you got to the point where like, you literally just were mm-hmm. sleeping like 16, 20 hours a day, yeah. but like, can you, are you at the point where you can start pulling back a little bit, or maybe you can start sleeping a little bit more instead of being like, I got to set my alarm for five in the morning. Cause I got to get to the gym to run, let yourself sleep in. And then if you catch a run later, awesome. If you catch a workout later, awesome. But that can't be your priority anymore. You can't be. So if it's it's choosing one or the other, maybe you start just choosing sleep and then just let the chips fall. Because here's the thing. We've said this multiple times on the show. I think this is a good reminder. And I don't want you to do this and it's not advisable, but you could always go back, right? Like the running's not going anywhere. The cardio is not going anywhere. The exercise is going anywhere. So you could always go back to that if you needed to. But I think what you'll find, and it's funny because like on the other side of sort of the healing that both Danny and I have done with our metabolisms and with just like the the body obsession and exercise obsession in general, I would never go back to that ever. 
you know, even if I could be a little bit leaner than I am, I think once you give yourself over to the process and really see, truly see what it can be like on the other side of healing, you're going to realize that you didn't have to do all that you were doing. You know, you didn't have to be doing miles and miles and hours and hours of exercise. In fact, you can probably maintain a healthy physique and a healthy, you know, body image by barely, by doing a little bit like minimum effective dose. You know, I think sometimes we just keep piling on over time and then we look up, it's been 10 years and we're like, wow, I'm just doing so much to the point where it's running your entire life. And it happens slowly over time. So I think when you go back to that, like knowing I could be a little bit leaner or like, you know, I certainly sometimes missed certain exercises or whatever, but I think on the other side of this, Danny and I would never go back to that. So I know that's ironic because this is something that you're like, I don't want to give this up a year from now, six months from now, two years from now, whenever you're fully healed, you're going to be like, yeah, why did I even, why do I want to be doing all that? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, so I, I don't know. It's, it is trusting the process. It's also trusting people have been through the process, trusting who have come out on the other side and are saying it's okay. You know, I know that's not, you haven't had the experience yet, but that's when that little bit of trust, that little bit of faith, that little bit of, um, you know, reassurance needs to come in. Hey besties, this episode is brought to you by Blinkist. Now y'all, I have been a long time off and on user of Blinkist. I say off and on because I go through phases of reading books, listening to audiobooks, uh, listening to different podcasts, listening to Spotify songs, and then just going back to reading. But Blinkist is kind of how I describe it as the cliff notes of Audible. Do y'all remember Cliff Notes back in the day? Those little yellow books you would get so you didn't have to read your whole book for your book report. So this is like that. Blinks are basically little 15-minute snippets, 10 to 15-minute snippets of full books. Um, there's even podcast snippets as well. And they have over 5,500 titles, nonfiction titles. So if you're trying to learn some things quick, just grab some nuggets. Or maybe you're curious if you want to even invest in listening to an entire book or reading an entire book, you can just listen to these short blanks. Super fun. Take them on a walk with you, quick run. And you can even go back. Maybe you read a book, kind of forgot what it was about. And you want to do a quick review. I really love these things. And because they're sponsoring the podcast, they're hooking you up. Right now, they actually have a special offer just for our audience. If you go to Blinkist.com slash The Best Life, you can start a seven-day free trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. So that's Blinkist. It's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash the best life to get 25% off and a seven day free trial. And for a limited time, you can even use Blinkist Connect to share your premium account. So you'll get two premium subscriptions for the price of one hooked up. All right, y'all hope you really enjoy Blinkist and we'll get back to the episode. something I never thought of, and this wasn't part of the process of healing, but something as you were speaking is that I think there's a bit of an addiction to the mm. feeling of constantly chasing and running and having to get up. And it's almost like we, it's a, almost like a codependency to exercise. Like we need to be needed by the thing. Yep. <laughs> and so there's some, there's a, the psychological piece to this is way, way bigger and harder to get through than the actual physical, like the actually just resting and sleeping, not that hard. It's 
letting ourselves off the hook, letting Mm. ourselves step back, letting ourselves not associate resting with being lazy, letting ourselves not associate our bodies with how people love us or how we show up. All of those things are way more difficult to get through. And that's going to be that barrier you have to face more than the physical, more than the 15 pounds you've gained or however much weight you've gained. It's really getting through the mental piece. The second part. So I've rest rebuild. Rebuild is about bringing things back into your body that you need. So your hormones are really out of whack. This is where it comes down to. And hormones are a lot made out of fats and cholesterol, which fat can be so scary, especially, I know this person said they were under fueling. So just simple things like adding a tablespoon of coconut oil to your Your vegetables or, or, yeah, yeah. or eating some avocado every day. So it's nothing really big or huge or scary. It's not like you need to go and like eat burgers and fries. Yes. You can just add some things in to help rebuild those hormones that are being stripped apart and used to keep your body running and then cutting back on some things that are taking from you, like coffee, tea, energy drinks, Mm. those kind of things that are like extra stressing you out. So cutting back on those kind of stimulants, fat burners, whatever they are, and then just adding a little bit of fats, small, small tweaks on the rebuild. But the last one is recondition. And that's is really the part I was just bringing up was the mindset. It is literally trying to get yourself over these stories you're telling yourself and the addiction to the movement or counting or weighing or measuring all of those things, because it's not just those things that you're doing that are stressing you out. It's also the stress about the thing. So I remember being so stressed about when I'm traveling about how am I going to pack my food and bring it with me and figuring out all of that, the stress about it was actually much worse for me than the actual bad food. So what I mean by this is There was a point where I was traveling so much and stressing about it. And finally, I just was like, you know, I'm going to go to McDonald's. I think I got like they had egg white English muffin, egg McMuffins, something like that. I just had an egg white egg McMuffin. And I was going, this isn't that bad. And the reality of me stressing and trying to prep and bring all that food was causing way more damage and cortisol issues and probably going to make me gain a lot more weight than just going to McDonald's and getting the English muffin. So that was a big step for me. And so really you have to think about your thoughts about the thing might be causing more issues than the actual like quote bad food or not, or like skipping the gym that day. So if I'm like, again, traveling example, flying to Philadelphia, I remember this was a specific example flying to Philly. I had to drive two hours to get to the airport and then a four and a half hour flight to get to Philadelphia. And I could have stayed up and exercised, but I realized that that stress already from Mm. the travel, the time zones, all of that, it was actually so much better for me just to go to sleep than than get that workout in to like, quote, get it in. So sometimes trying to get all these things done are actually doing more harm than just taking the quote worse action, like eating the mm-hmm. fast food or skipping the workout. Sometimes skipping the workout or eating the fast food is it the better decision. Mm. It's so good. And, you know, it reminded me of like, and I don't know if you had this experience too, when I had my, I love how you said earlier, it was a codependent relationship with mm-hmm. exercise. And it really mm-hmm. was. Um, I never like asked myself what I was so scared of, you know, like I just always was like, I just need to exercise more. I just need to do more cardio. Like 
Well, I think if you actually look at what you're actually scared of, right? So let's look at like, what is, okay, I'm going to, all right, Jill and Danny, I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to sleep more. I'm going to pull back a little bit on my exercise. I'm going to start eating some healthy fats. Okay. Worst case scenario, right? You gain a couple of pounds, right? Worse, you gain a couple of pounds, right? And what's going to happen? And then I ask myself this question. I don't know. Let's say I gain shit, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, right? I'm healthier now. Is anything really going to change in my life? Is my partner not going to love me anymore? No. My kid's not going to love me anymore. Am I, am I going to lose my job? Am I like, yeah, if you gain like a hundred pounds, maybe some things might change, but we're looking at, you know, obviously you're healthy. You're here, you're having this conversation. So the idea that you're just going to like throw it all out the window, you already have a level of mindfulness. So yeah, if you're scared of, I'm going to like gain a little bit of weight or whatever that looks like, ask yourself, does anything actually change? And I'll just tell you from my experience, I, I'm probably 15 pounds heavier than I was at my leanest. Nothing fucking changed. In fact, my life got better <laughs> as a result yeah. of gaining weight. And so I think you do have to have that moment of like, what am I actually scared of? Notice it, name it, write it down and say, if that happened, what would actually change? The things that matter to you probably won't, right? Maybe you have to get a different pair of pants, but for the most part, it's like nothing changes with your family, your career, your loved ones, your partner, like nothing actually changes if we're talking about that. And to me, I'm a lot happier being a little bit heavier. And so, I don't know, I think you have to ask at what cost is this all for, you know, and it would something actually change if the worst case scenario happened? Could you handle it? And chances are, of course you, of course you can handle it. I've heard, and I'm sure you have too, heard from so many people who are like, I didn't get it until I got it. And now I would never go back to being that like sickly, thin, super starved, deprived person who was doing hours of exercise. No one will go back to that. Anyone on the other side of it would never go back to that. And so that's where you just kind of where the trust piece comes in. Well, you, you know, you said you feel better and happier now. And I think there's some truth to this because when you are under fueling over exercising, think about how you actually feel. You're, you're, you're irritable, you're hungry, you're tired, you're cranky. You are probably not the best version of yourself. If you're being real with yourself and let's just say your kids are asking something, can you, I'm sure you snap at your kids or your partner, or you're acting in ways that is not really you or the best version of you that you want to be, I imagine. And one of the things I have at the bottom of the 14 day adrenal reset is an assessment. And so I have an acronym, which is shit. <laughs> it's basically like, what is this shit that's going on? But shit's an acronym for sex drive because this kind of stuff affects your sex drive massively. Your hunger. If you feel like you're constantly hungry, I know Jill and I talked about this a lot where we just felt like we were hungry all the time. And I can say today with conviction, I'm not hungry all the time. I'm not thinking about food all the time. Right. Uh, I is irritability. Like when you're hungry, when you're stressed about going somewhere, when you're constantly thinking about what has to come next, you're irritable. You're short with people. You're not, you're not your best version of you and tiredness is tea. Like if you're tired all the time, if you're literally, I remember going to the gym and sitting in front of the gym in the parking lot so tired and having to hype myself up to make myself do it. That is not the way you want to feel. I remember reading things about how exercise is supposed to give you energy. And I was like, <laughs> exercise is supposed to give you energy? How? Like, I just feel like shit all the time. So literally shit, those things, sex drive, hunger, irritability, tiredness. So instead of focusing on weighing your food, 
uh, measuring your waist and stepping on the scale and doing all of those measurements, let's measure these things. Let's measure what is your sex drive like? What is your hunger like? What is your irritability? And if you can track these things, this will give you an idea of over time, how long is it going to take? So if you're like sex drive is at a one, then we need to keep resting and doing these things. If your hunger is at a 10, you're going to eat your arm off. We want to swap that and get it down to where it's lower. So I want to say is you're tracking these things and as they get to where you're not irritable, you have a normal healthy sex drive, you're not hungry all the time and you're not tired all the time, then now you can start bringing back the, maybe the higher levels of where you want to go with your exercise. And maybe you never do want to do that again. Maybe you're like, you know what? like Jill's point, minimum viable amount. Like I remember thinking, what's the least amount I have to do to work out and the most I can eat without having any change in my uh, physiology. And that's kind of where I want to be. That is like where I like to live. Least amount of exercise, most amount of food and no change to the body, like thumbs up, double thumbs up. That's where we want to be and feel the best. And that's where that's where you have to just track these things. How are you feeling versus tracking the quote wrong things of how many miles did you run this week? Cause that's not helping you get through this. And if you're running a marathon, if you have some big goals, cool, but you probably should also rest and recover and reset before you get back to those big, big goals again, because you can do, you can do more damage pushing yourself. Um, and also you can end up having better results if you give yourself the right uh, tools to rebuild and recondition. And honestly, the brain part, the non-obsession, the not thinking about things all the time, that is the most freedom you can ever have. And that's the piece where it's so hard to explain, but on the other side of the obsession is the freedom. And that's something that you could not, I would not give up for anything. Right. And that's, what's hard about it is like, you know, you can sit here and listen to us talk about our experiences. And I think that it does help to be like, yes, we're on the other side of this and like, it's possible and whatever, but you're not going to understand exactly what we're talking about until you do it. You know, that's why it's such an experience to have, but I love that you kind of talked about like me- the things that you should be measuring. Cause I remember that too, just feeling like no sex drive and didn't feel sexy right here. I am like super lean. I'm supposed to feel sexy. Right. I felt dead. Like I felt like a zombie and also I hated exercise. So you think about it that way when it becomes something that you absolutely dread and you go, I used to like this. Cause that's, what's hard about this is like, we think exercise, oh, it's a good thing, right? It's like, you know, people get fit shamed and whatever. And it's like, yeah, it is a good thing in the right dose, but it is like sort of a Goldilocks effect. You know, I mean, you can get away with quite a bit, but at some point your body just says, no, it's like, we don't have the hormones that we need. We don't have the building blocks we need. We don't have the nutrients that we need. We don't have to keep up with the demand. And that's not, and I think also release the judgment about this is because like something's happening because you did something wrong. I think oftentimes it's really easy to blame ourselves and be like, oh, if I was just stronger, I could have gotten through this. Or if I have it just, it's nothing about you. It's not a character flaw, right? It's nothing about you. It's just now simply realizing, lifting your head up, realizing where you're at and just consciously deciding to make different choices. Like that's literally how change is made. So don't beat yourself up. Don't be like, "Ah, I wish I didn't get to this place or don't, you know, don't regret what got you here. Just find the lesson and then act accordingly. And whatever that looks like, whether you start slow or you start, you know, you go cold Turkey or whatever it looks like. But at the end of the day, your physiology, it's extremely smart. We've talked about this before. So it is responding and exactly how it's made to respond given the stress that you're under. And it's not just psychological stress. Like Danny said, it's if it's the emotional stress, right? The mental stress of it all as well. So um, don't beat yourself up. We've all been there, obviously. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, if you have to sort of decide like, yes, do I want to have, like Danny said, even if you go back and you want to do a marathon in a couple of years, you're going to come back stronger. You're going to have the physiology that can withstand that amount of volume because you've healed your metabolism and you've, you've gotten those nutrients back, your macronutrients, your micronutrients, you're giving yourself the vitamins and minerals that it needs. It can actually perform at even a higher level than it is now and just trying to like push through. So don't look at it as, as a weakness. Don't look at it as like, oh, I'm lazy now. Just look at it as like, this is what I have to do to come back stronger and to heal and actually give my body what it really needs. Yeah. I'm glad you said that about, you know, um, just not getting, beating yourself up over this because your body actually was designed to survive and it's doing what it is supposed to do. I used to think my body was the enemy. I used to mm-hmm. think my body was doing Hates all the wrong things. I was like, oh my God, my body is the worst. I'm doing all these things to lose weight and I'm gaining. It's messed up. It's wrong. And so I had this internal fight with my body. And I believe that was also causing a lot of this more gain that I didn't want because I was fighting with myself instead of working with myself, working with my physiology. And I know this is a little bit, a little bit woo woo, but literally forgiving your body literally saying like, I forgive myself. I forgive my body for doing that because it's not doing anything to you. It's actually working for you. And so appreciating your body for what it's doing, forgiving your body for quote, doing you wrong or doing the wrong thing and learning to work with it is going to give you so much power later on. But when you are fighting, when you're literally fighting yourself, it's the losing battle. You're fighting a system that is set up to protect you. And your mind is trying to control it. And that's just not how it works. So whatever that looks like to you, literally saying out loud, I forgive you or having some kind of ceremony around it or meditating about it. I think, like I said, I think it could be a little woo woo, but I really think it's so helpful that you start even having a conversation like, Hey, I want to work with you. I don't want to fight with you anymore. Let's figure this out. I'm going to listen to you. If your body is doing something like gaining weight, giving you hunger cues, feeling like crap. It is screaming at you, trying to tell you, I need rest. I need to stop. We can't keep doing this. So have that conversation. I'm going to listen to you now and listen and do what it's telling you to do. And you will have such a better relationship with yourself, with your body, where you're going to feel like you're now a team and you're not fighting your own self, which is a kind of a weird thing to say, like your two entities you're not, but it can sometimes feel like that. Yeah. So I would actually love to hear other people's uh, experience with this. I think if we can crowdsource even more examples of people overcoming some of this stuff, mm-hmm. then we can kind of create a show of evidence that for the, maybe those who aren't quite there yet, that like, okay, this is possible and I'm actually happier and I'm way healthier and I got through it and I'll never go back to my obsessive ways. So if you guys are in our closed Facebook group, we would love to hear from you on this episode. Go to thebestlifepodcast.com. There's a link to join our closed free Facebook Facebook group there. Um, and I think if we can get more examples, so it's not just me and Danny being like, you can do it, like trust us. <laughs> and we can get more people who are sharing their experience of overcoming sort of the, the food and body exercise obsession and, and who have gotten to the other side and had a really great experience. I think that would be useful for all of us. Yeah. I love that. And also go to that closed Facebook group. I will hook y'all up with that 14 day adrenal reset. You can look it over and, and read it. And if it's helpful to you, use it. If it's something you just don't need, don't worry about it, but I will stick it in the closed Facebook group so you guys can have access to it. Cool, cool. So we love y'all and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. All right. Bye guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.